1: The following program is sponsored by Ken Sukuri Ministries. Scripture tells us in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit, and who tremble at my word, says Isaiah 66, six two. We find beauty in brokenness when we choose to sit close with him and trust that he is listening. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, our words of healing in Psalm 147, 3. Brokenness is a blessing because it puts us on the road to a breakthrough. Brokenness to Beauty with Brittany Francis, founder of Kensukuri Ministries, starts now.
2: Welcome back to Brokenness to Beauty. My name is Brittany Francis. I have again my guest, Chris Finney, who's actually one of my very close friends. We're just getting closer and closer we are going to continue to talk about what we spoke about last week, which were the lies that the enemy wants women to believe, the eyes that the enemy wants men to believe about women inside the church, not the lower C church, the capital C church, the large church. I want to preface that this is not an attack on the local church. There are 31 flavors. Again, last week I discussed this. There are 31 flavors and uh, in in a church. And the ideas and the scriptures and the spins on scriptures, um, the Lord works on us in different ways. And sometimes there are things that he does not want us to understand or adapt as our truth because he is doing something different in that church or different in that area. So we have to be very cautious, very careful as we speak about this, because with Kinsakori, our heart is to help women understand what they are in the Lord and what brokenness, if they've had brokenness, if they've dealt with abuse, if they've dealt with hurt, pain, who they are to Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior and their Father. And so a lot of times women who believe that they are less than, that is a very dangerous role that we play or that we step into because if we do not understand the authority that we walk in with Jesus – then we are going to miss ample opportunity for the Lord to use us in incredible ways. So, Chris, we started talking at the very end about Eve, and she was discussing um, Eve's role, what happened to Eve, how things had gotten so distorted and the curse that, that happened. But I wanted to start with um, one more thing, just like last time. Last week, I started with a, a quote from somebody that actually translated the Bible in the, well, mid-church times. St. Jerome was actually heard saying that woman is a temple built over a sewer. It is contrary to the order of nature and the law for woman to speak in a gathering. So it is important to understand that there are some major discrepancies between the beliefs of some who translated the Bible and some of it was translated incorrectly. And so we have to go back to the original Hebrew, the original Greek when it was written. There are some major discrepancies of what women are to the Lord and what they were to some of those men because of the culture of the day when the Bible was being translated. So I want to start off with that. Now we want to move on to Eve and finish us talking about Eve first.
3: Okay. Well, and let me, I actually want to start kind of from the beginning because I jumped right into kind of the ending of Eve. But when you think about really Adam and Eve, first God made Adam, gave him the animals, and then all the animals had a mate. Right. And and so it was like, it's not good. The only thing he said wasn't good was the fact that Adam was alone. Right, right, so he puts him into a deep sleep, and he pulls out of him Eve, right, right, so he pulls from him, um he didn't recreate, he pulled from him, so, which is important to realize because that means that when a man and woman are married, they really are one, correct, like God looks at them you know as one, so um now when Adam. Who also, Hebrew word, or uh, yeah, Hebrew word was Ish. Mm-hmm. When he saw Eve, the first thing he said was Isha. So her name was Eshaw until they sinned, right? So they were one, Ish and Eshaw, until sin came in. That's and right. when sin came in, then she became Eve, the mother of my children, right? So. Obviously, the relationship shifted at that moment, Mm -hmm. but you have to think about this, too. Like right now, we all have this experience where we're born into sin. We live a sinful life until really Jesus calls us. We receive Jesus, and and then Holy Spirit comes and makes our spirit alive, right? Right. Right. So think about that. Now, think about living that backwards. Hmm. That was Adam and Eve. Like he was still with them. He still talked to them. You know, you'd see in scripture where he was, he still talked to them even outside of the garden. However, think about now your spirit is alive. You can commune with God. You see things differently. You hear things differently, but take that and go backwards. And that was Adam and Eve, right? That's right. So when, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, And we talked about this last week. The serpent came to her, right? Now, mind you, the direction to not eat from the fruit of the tree of of the knowledge of good and evil came to Adam, right? It was his job to give that to Eve, right? Correct. And to steward that. Correct. Right. So, um, and they were, you know, she came out of him. Right? So it was his job to make sure that that was fully understood. So he was obviously standing there, right? Right. When that happened.
2: Because we discussed the the, the verb that was missing or the the translator left out was I am. Yes. I am, which means we're together. Yes. So yes.
3: That's why. So there was this pull for her to be like God. Right. 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 So when when she ate the fruit and when he ate the fruit, sin entered in. Right. And the gospel according to Chris is sin didn't enter in until he ate it. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. Like she ate it, and I think if he hadn't, I think she would have been covered. Right. Okay. So either way, they sin entered in. So then, in Genesis three, it talks about the fact you had that scripture with you. Yeah, we talked about it last week too about the fact that a woman had a desire for her husband, yes, um, and to basically be in control of him. Yes, so Genesis
2: three sixteen,
3: and we talked about that last week, and then I made the comment, and I think this is important because as as women, we like to compare men, not so much like men just kind of live their little lives, right? Right. And they might say, oh, I mean, they're, they're not going to say, oh, he's got good muscles, but <laughs> <laughs> they might think that, yeah, but they're not yeah. going to
2: say that out loud. Well, and they're you not, know. there's a, there's a different type of jealousy. There's a different type. Men and women have something completely different because we right. all have different sins Yes, because we were created to be man and woman. Right. We, we have each go-to sins that we run to Right. women now because of the curse, it ended up being control.
3: Right. Exactly.
2: Yes. Yeah.
3: And so we have a comparison problem.
2: Yes. You know, and and so
3: that's something that we as women need to deal with. Right. And I'm just, if you have that issue and it may be kind of an innocent thing, it may be you're not like, you're like, oh, I don't like the way this looks or this looks, you know, it's not necessarily in a mean way. It's, it's comparison though. And it's something that we fall into then. And I, I mean, I'm, I deal with this myself. I have to tell myself, stop it. That's
2: well, not Christ like. Well, don't you think? And that's the other piece, right? Is that we were meant to compliment one another. Yes. And women, we don't like to compliment, we like to compete. A lot of times there's a competition of. I want to be where she is. Yes. And because of that, I'm going to my motives now. I've already sinned because my motives are not to be where she is because she's closer to the Lord. Right. My motive is to beat her out. And I was one of those. I mean, the Lord truly had to take that and break. And we talked about that a little bit last week is break generational curses. Right. And so I think that that was a first generational curse that has not yet been completely broken between man and woman is that woman wants to have control many times over men and over each other. Yes. And so a lot of times we will do what we want to do in order to get there. So I think that that is a major piece. Is there anything is else a, about about piece. Eve that you wanted to cover before we move on to?
3: N- no, we can move on. Except for, let me say this, um, because also we can think, oh, well, I, I want to be like that. And we
2: can spiritualize it and make it Correct. look good. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We're very good at spiritualizing and that's another piece. We have to be careful, right? We have to be so cautious because a lot of times we can spiritualize scriptures, we can make scriptures, we can distort scriptures, yes. and that goes back to the then to we're talking about to Second Peter three yes. fifteen through sixteen. It says, "Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all of his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things." that are hard to understand which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do other scriptures to their own destruction so i think that is a perfect move into the new testament from the old testament and discussing what we need to understand is that paul he mentions notably mentions 29 co-laborers in the faith and 10 of them were women 10 of them were women Yes, there were less women mentioned than men, but that again, we got to look at the culture and the context. Um, Something that I want to cover before we move into the women in New Testament is there were 12 disciples that really were disciples. And that a lot of times, a lot of people focus on the fact that they were men. Well, when we really think about that, we really have to take into consideration that they were men because it was very much symbolizing the 12 tribes of Israel. That's what Jesus was doing. And there are multiple scriptures that actually say that there were other disciples with Mm -hmm. them. And it speaks about the women that were actually following Jesus as well. But I think that many times we forget that that's why he picked Jews 12 Jews to be his disciples. And later on, once Jesus died on the cross, that no longer mattered. Did that mean because Jesus picked 12 disciples that were Jewish men, that Gentiles were not chosen to be apostles afterwards? No. No, not at all. So a lot of this was a symbolic thing. Jesus did so many things in just the most perfect manner. And a lot of times we distort that. We do. We work it against women. We work it against men. We work it against different pieces of the church, the small church, the small C church and the capital C church. So I think that that is something as we talk, we begin to talk about these New Testament women, we have to remember that there were a lot of pieces that were distorted.
3: Can I add to that? please.
2: And when you look at
3: at the Gospels, like the women, who was left? Who was left? There was John and women that were there when he was crucified. Why? Because they just suddenly showed up? No, because they were a vital part of his life. They were. They were there. They were his followers. Like who funded? Who funded his ministry? Women. Right. Right? I can't remember which one talks about that I think it was John who talks about all the women that came along that traveled with him and funded the whole ministry like that was women so yes there was the original 12 but he had several that followed him that helped pay for everything that were there I'm sure were cooking and taking care of you know everything absolutely as they needed to
2: absolutely and I mean The other piece, and I know that we talk about Mary and Martha a lot, but Mary of Bethany, you know, Martha was doing what she was called to do Mm -hmm. in that culture. Exactly. But who did Jesus, who did Jesus call out for doing what she should be doing at the time, sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning? Yes. I mean, that again, he was counterculture. And I know that we spoke about that a couple weeks ago, that he absolutely was the counterculture of that day. Uh, It's just incredible to me. You think about the woman at the well. He called her to evangelize to an entire city. Uh, You think about Phoebe. Mm -hmm. The Greek word for deacon was used, diakonon, or servant. It's interchangeable, which is used to describe also Stephen and Philip. So I think a lot of times we, again, focus on the negative because that's something that we've done for so very long inside the capital C church, not local churches, the capital C, right? We go to women's conferences, we go to men's conferences. We don't see a lot of conferences for both and that's dangerous because we see a lot of of good coming from both the Mordecai and the Esther. We see a lot from Ruth and we see a lot from Boaz. You know, we see a lot from Adam. We see a lot from Eve and we see a lot from Jesus. And we saw a lot from those women that followed him. And so I wanted to discuss a few of the scriptures that, that are big time issues. One of the scriptures, it goes to first Corinthians 14. It actually is one of the main ones that says, Let the woman keep silent in the churches for they are not permitted to speak, but let them subject themselves just as the law also says. And if they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home for it is improper for a woman to speak in the church. This scripture is probably one of the main scriptures that is used Mm -hmm. to not allow women to speak. Now, I want us both to talk about this. One piece that I noticed when I've been studying the scripture for the last, gosh, five years is that there are actually quotes that in the Greek symbol were being used when Paul wrote this. He was actually quoting and saying something about what a letter was sent to him about. So I would love to talk about that with Chris because this 1 Corinthians 14, I don't like Paul being turned into this woman-hating man. He was actually freeing women in his scriptures. So what are your thoughts about this scripture?
3: Let's think about Paul for a second, too, you saying that. Because Jesus came, and he, he did. He liberated women. But most of the mindset of the men at that time was to suppress, right? Right. And Paul was a Pharisee. Right. But he got, he got knocked down and Jesus completely saved him. Yeah. Blinded him. So he was rehabilitated through Jesus. Right. That's right. And the fact that he does list so many women yes. tells you something. Yes. So we could go through that list of women, but just like you said, when you read this, even in the amplified, mm-hmm. right. Okay. Okay. I'll go on. Let's see. Where is it? The women should keep quiet in churches for not authorized to speak, but should take a secondary and subordinate place. just as the law also says, but if there is anything they want to learn, they should ask their own husbands at home for it is disgraceful for a woman to talk in church, for her to usurp and exercise authority over men in the church. Right. But then the next verse says in the amplified, what did the the word of the Lord originate with you Corinthians, or has it reached only you? Right. So, he
2: literally is saying, that's hogwash. Right. Paul's actually calling that, he's calling that out. That's a lie. Well, he was, end when it says, in the law. Yes. There was no law. There was no law. There was no law. <laughs> and so, we, again, need to really understand the culture, the context, and really understand laws back then yeah. in that time. When he's discussing, like it says in the law, there was no law. right? And so... We really need to look at that. That is a scripture that truly, let's take out the local church because, again, 31 flavors. Let's talk about wherever else women are called to speak. Let's just take out the Little C Church because, like Chris said last week, really, we're talking three hours, four hours a week that we as American Christians say is church, we right. are a walking, talking, or we should be a walking, talking church. Right. If I am at Ross and I am shopping, I am called to talk about the gospel of right. Christ. I drive my kids crazy. They get extremely nervous yes. when I'm on an airplane and we sit down next to somebody. I'm like, opportunity. But this is the thing. We have to understand that if I'm sitting next to a man, one of my closest friends now, he comes over for dinner is a man that is a Muslim that I met on an airplane.
3: Mm, Wow.
2: If I took these scriptures and I did not take them and really submit them to the Lord, this man would not come over for Christmas and Thanksgiving and have dinners with us.
3: That's amazing.
2: But I mean, but that's the Lord, right? If we listen to him. So I really think that this is a very important thing to understand that if there are things Man or woman, in any of the Bible, any of the scriptures of the Bible that you feel are contradicting, you need to do your due diligence. Be a good Berean. Understand that each of these scriptures, the Lord created, they are breathed from him. So if it does not sound like it is from the heart of a father, then chances are you haven't been a good Berean because a lot of times these scriptures that are so distorted are something that the enemy wanted to be distorted. I mean, we go back to all of these these quotes that I've really taken on and like makes me sick. I mean, my heart breaks. You know, early father of the church, John Chrysostom is circa 400 AD. The woman taught once and ruined all. On this account, let her not teach. The whole female race transgressed, let her not speak, however, grieve. God hath given her no small consolation of that of childbearing. These are people that, that truly taught the early church. Right, yeah. We have, is that the love of a father? And I know you really understand that piece. Is that the love of a father? <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, how can you even feel that way about somebody who is
3: mothering the next generation? I mean, how do you even feel that way about somebody? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That, that blows my mind.
2: During this culture, there were bondages. There were bondages.
3: Yes. Yeah. And
2: if we don't understand that, you know, and also when we were talking about that 1 Corinthians 14, 34 through 35, not only were there quotes, but also the, some of the words, because I went, had to go back and study the Greek language, it was actually also meant laleo, which was chattering or gossiping. I think women are pretty good at chattering and gossiping. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And I think Paul saw us yeah. just like he saw men for what they are. <laughs> he saw women for what they were. Yeah, And so I believe that a lot of that we need to remember. When Jesus died, the veil tore. Yes. It yes. was over. Yes. Joel 2 28 through 29. It will come about after this. I will pour out my spirit on all mankind, yes. and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, even on the male and the female servants. Yeah. I mean, That right there, I will pour out my spirit in those last days. That means that right now what we are supposed to be doing is we are supposed to be allowing the men to kick open those doors physically and being our strength and being that peace, that covering to protect us women physically so that we can go in and we can do the things that we're called to do. Right? I mean, in Titus, it also says that there are many rebellious men who must be silenced. Yeah. I mean, so there's a lot of scriptures that you really need to break down in order to really understand the father's heart if you feel like scriptures actually contradict each other because they don't. Right. Right.
3: Yes, exactly. That's
2: another thing. I, I don't spank my kids or my husband doesn't spank my kids and then give them a hug at the same time maybe afterwards, but you're contradicting yourself. Right. And the Lord is not a contradicting father. Are there any other things or anything last minute that you have to say about that?
3: Just really like you touched on it, whatever you feel like God has called you to do, you need to do that. Like, obviously if you think you're supposed to be preaching and you're not in a church that you're allowed to do that, but you sure can talk to people in the marketplace. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, Like we said, it's three hours a week. What are you doing with the other hundred and whatever? I don't know how many hours we have in a a week, but what are you doing with the rest of those? You know, when you're, when you're out in public, are you talking about Jesus? Are you, are you praying for people? You know,
2: like do what you can do right now. Answer the calling on your life. Yes. Ask the Lord, what is the calling that you have for me? And run after that. Right. And encourage that in others. Yes. We'll talk to you next week.
1: You've been listening to Brokenness to Beauty with Brittany Francis. Join us every Thursday evening at 530 p.m. To hear this program again, go to KKHT.com and click on the podcast. For more information, visit com. K-I-N-T-S-U-K-U-R-O-I.